Hello guys, uh, welcome to Mind Podcast 20, uh, your weekly source for news, views and analysis. Uh, this is Adit Kapadia coming to you from a very nice summer day in Houston. Thankfully, we are uh, the flooding phase of Houston is over and me, neither Pramod or Sunanda had to float through or swim through the <laughs> heavily flooded waters of Houston. How are you guys doing? Good, good. how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, just, you know, enjoying the summer <coughs> and uh, catching up on the... Uh, news of the week. Uh, we had some, uh, again, you know, an, a very newsy week from a very somber news coming in from Manipur where we saw an attack on, uh, attack by the insurgents on the army where about 20 people, uh, 20 officers of the Indian army uh, passed away and uh, was the deadliest attack in the last uh, almost 15 to 20 years in the Northeast. One of the deadliest One attacks. of the deadliest attacks. And um, 18, you know, I think 18 um, army men were killed. 18 army men. One JC uh, included. There was one officer, the other were. Uh, and then there was one casualty. Uh, they were actually proceeding on leave. Right. They were so, yeah. total, I think there were about no, 20, 20 people, people. 20 people killed in yeah. the ambush. So, uh, our you know, thoughts and prayers lie with their families. Uh, you know, they must be going through a very difficult time right now. So, uh, part one, we're going to talk about uh, what happened in Manipur, uh, analyze uh, the the situation there based on the information that we have and what we think uh, is probably you know what was the what were the causes what what are the reactions going to be part two is going to be um, uh, about women in the Indian Armed Forces now the defense ministers have uh, made a statement and we, we are going to deliberate whether is it the time that women should be included in combat in the Indian Armed Forces and uh, the third uh, part is going to be a discussion on uh, yoga now they is yoga now communal based on what certain people are saying and uh, as Surinda says a wonderful word called controversy that there was no controversy over yoga day still people are trying to find some you know what is that about but uh, the first part you know talking about Manipur what do you think Sunanda? A uh, very unfortunate attack and just when we had um, as a nation uh, BJP government, BJP um, as such, even when uh, Narendra Modi was in the campaign trail and even when they were in the opposition, they have been attaching a lot of importance to uh, Northeast. Mm -hmm. um, and after um, Mr. Modi became a prime minister, he has been visiting Northeast uh, very regularly. So one cannot blame them for taking their eye off Northeast at all. I know that uh, uh, Nirmala Sitaraman, when she was um, when this government was in opposition, she was responsible for Northeast affairs, and she used to go very often to Northeast mm -hmm. Manipur, especially. And um, so, this government has not been. One cannot blame them for not um, uh, being cognizant of what is happening in uh, Manipur. What happened in uh, Manipur is that a bunch of all these uh, insurgents, they came together, they formed this one front against the government. To, you know, it was a revenge attack, sure. basically, uh, an ambush that was laid down against Indian Army. Yeah, there's a now, and other organizations. Yes. So now, uh, this whole thing that is insurgency coming back in Manipur, or is this one-time attack? My view of what I am, how I am looking at it is, it seems like this one-time attack I do not think that insurgency is coming back. But at the same time, is everything normal in Manipur? No. Northeast as a whole 
does require development northeast as a whole does require mainstreaming so to speak for lack of a better word non-stream uh, main uh, northeast does require to be brought into no but that the is the, you you're, you're talking about those are the development aspects of it which i completely agree with yeah. you that you know better connectivity but i do not think this attack was by people who are secessionists at the moment no 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 I it's not it's, about uh, that let me I give you a little bit of a background please here. i think uh, this attack has been claimed at this point by an umbrella organization there is there is this pattern of umbrella organizations forming in that part of uh, india for the past 25 30 years from 1989 onwards mm. when the first um, uh, umbrella organization was formed in 89 mm. then followed by 95 these were militant organizations with specific sub regional agendas of seceding from india or you know get trying to get a package from or the center statehood or, or statehood or something else which was not really a much larger um, uh, agenda now this umbrella organization whose seeds were sown in 2011 in china uh, aided by the people's liberation army indirectly which we know that that had happened in 2011 attended by several militant groups from assam nagaland and manipur uh, nscn is the biggest culprit in this yes. one thing yes. they had a, a kind of an accord with the indian government he recently kaplang the group chairman pulled out of that uh, to uh, the accord but he has a cessation of operations accord with uh, uh, mayamnar which he still adheres to yeah. so, so the they give him was not uh, renewed on the it indian was part. not renewed and on then the he has the safe haven in manipur uh, uh, manar right. so he attacks goes back goes back and there is a uh, un uh, i would say the, the the forest area is such uh, so so dense, dense right. you cannot really track one village yeah. from the other and it's treacherous and it's and, and this now the this new umbrella organization i think they're calling themselves united uh, left um, i i i think they it's more of a south east asia south west asia some they're calling yeah. that and they they this group uh, the un lfw as they're ah. calling themselves mm-hmm. and lfw has claimed less responsibility of killing seven assam assam rifle mm-hmm. soldiers also mm-hmm. uh, in assam uh, in april i think the main so the the trend is that they are going to carry out these attacks uh, knowing fully well that the ground cannot be scanned every place uh, in those villages in those hamlets they will try to take off take out these uh, 15 20 30 soldiers whenever and wherever possible including uh, paramilitary no, so groups. what my point was uh, afspa is uh, you know tripura actually just witnessed that afspa removal from right. the state but afspa is still very well in manipur and a couple of other states uh, do you think the center should be playing as you know taking cognizance of the activity states doing in kashmir uh, you know the same way in the northeast as well Absolutely. because th- there were certain uh, but uh, afspa certain- and this no i'm not talking about no 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 i'm not talking other. about afsp i'm yeah. talking about uh, paying close heed to what might happen insurgent groups or something and working out their intelligence strategy in the northeast that way you yeah. cannot afford to say that you know ignore what might happen in northeast what uh, even i, I heard mm-hmm. ved marwa making some excellent points who was a governor in the northeast during the vajpay government and you know his his role in the punjab insurgency and the role he played in uh, uh, neutralizing that is very known so you know government also needs to get a lot of experts on what ajit doval is there but also experts who are not a part of the government and get their inputs of how to tackle these problems in the northeast because they are we do need to tackle the problems in northeast and i this was the deadliest attack but at the same time i do not think that there is any need to be alarmist about it i do not think northeast is up in arms I'm, i do not think no, we are no, back no. in 80s where northeast no i'm, I'm was... not being alarmist i'm just being 
protectionist i no, guess that's, that's fine that's fine but uh, it's always good to be yes. careful it's always good to be and you know um, indian state needs to be very very careful about what is happening here right? mm. but in spite of everything in spite of the background that just pramod just said and everything i think indian state is today in a very powerful position i do not think there is any need can, to be alarmist can, they, absolutely they, they, um, no, no. and I, um, uh, manohar parikar has already uh, said that there will be a very they, strong rebuttal i i agree with you and i, I completely you know the indian state is a lot powerful than what it was in 80s, 80s. it has you know also you have like state leaders democratically uh, elected governments yeah. you know in place the the uh, the people of the state it as what you said that's the secessionist movement is kind of died yeah, down it's almost like they these guys are doing this for their own relevance because yeah. they had a drop down of the radar also, and stuff also i do not think that there is any amount of popular support for um, separatism anymore in manipur not not in the state oh, what is happening the is they are just doing this for their survival yes, that's survival. what i'm saying Myanmar is, is that you have to understand that these are also um, you know the companies these are also profit making organizations uh-huh. their pensions are running yeah. out what is happening is Myanmar is cracking down big time mm-hmm. and uh, I think the current government under Modi and with the advice from Mr Doval are doing whatever it takes to t- tighten those uh, mm-hmm. I would say uh, the, some of the those end up becoming trade routes you have to allow trade to happen they are trying to build a huge road mm-hmm. uh, uh, criss crossing Bangladesh into and accessing Tripura and then they are also trying to build a road all the way to the southeast asia which some countries right. don't uh, really appreciate and like so uh-huh. this is a confluence of frustration and desperation but at the same time i see that uh, the uh, latest trip to china and some plain talking by modi also had its effect that the sources of where does the arms come from there is only two things where the where does the money come from the motivation comes from and then the third is arms money buys arms so yeah, it is the money and the motivation mm-hmm. so motivation they are already motivated because they have nothing else Absolutely. to do no rehabilitation the the money was always coming through smuggling was yeah. coming through heroin and all of these indirect uh, uh, ways they were earning that is being cracked down so this this is the last ditch attempt by them to stay relevant and try to show I some mm-hmm. this thing now uh, if india chooses to go big time and in operations which is a i would say at this point in time amassing like the way they did in operation in, in parakram is not worth it ah. yeah, because there is no state sponsored um, uh, i would say these outfits are are operating very with no, impunity i wanted to add a small point ah. here you know and this is what the people people from the northeast different states and they are justifiably when you talk about say an attack in manipur in news channels or something debates you'll say oh the northeast should be done this no this is a manipur specific attack you are supposed to talk about the manipur. issues at play in manipur what happened there and, and stuff like that seven states and northeast yeah. have seven different no, exactly so you, you know this to, this yeah. this problem is also this that are northeast me ye karna hai wo karna hai the government should do this about northeast no talk about what the government has to do in manipur so Just that word northeast ah, no one second yeah so so yeah, yeah you you can't it's not some wo, uh, the region that you're talking about the region and they have different a cultural identity yeah it's region. not a homogeneous region yeah. they have different uh, just like how you have say um, um, uh, you know maharashtra goa and gujarat having some different in same way in the northeast yeah. they have their own cultures and stuff yeah. and their own issues yeah. dominating there yeah. so anyways you know the coming coming to coming from that combat in the northeast uh, you know talking about uh, combat in the indian army and in the indian armed forces whether women should be allowed in combat or not and that's going to be our next topic this uh, kind of leads us to the next uh, part which is to talk about women in the armed forces if there are different opinions from within the indian society and also outside and we would like to bring 
a little bit of a different opinion. My, I, I am of the, of the opinion that everybody who uh, can meet a certain qualification, whether it is man or women, uh, today it is all about how to pull the trigger. It's not about physical, how many push-ups you do, how many pull-ups you do, whether you're able, to, you know, whether you're coming out of uh, family life to uh, be on the border. Uh, war, India has never gone to war, but war has always come to India. And uh, every citizen, to a certain extent, has to understand, um, which is what, some, to some extent, I like about the United States, is that it is an impregnable fort because each house is a fortress onto itself. Yeah. You know, they, they are they are well-trained, they, they understand if, you know, let's say somebody, uh, for uh, crying out loud, goes after their uh, neighborhood, they all can form so small self-defense teams of their own. Yeah. So that's how martial they are. They, do, they don't call themselves a martial state, but that's how Indian state at the psyche level should be uh, indoctrinated over a period of time. If somebody w wants to understand and uh, understand self-defense techniques and if they go on to uh, become part of the Indian Armed Forces, they should be encouraged, they should not be discouraged that because they are women, they, are, they have a separate uh, place in the society, they should be cooking, they should be working and then taking care no, of the kids. No, I think like different argument from, yeah. uh, different argument from the, uh, the thing about forming well-organized group to the armed state. I am, the jury is still out on the well-organized group thing. I don't know, there is, in US there are several examples of groups actually using this power to their disadvantage also. So that has been... And that's a completely different debate from ha, what I know, we are that's happening what, right so now. So bringing to the debate back to women in armed forces, I completely agree with you that I don't see... A uh, how you know why women should not be allowed in the in combat you know uh, if if it's say you have to operate a bow force gun or something i don't see why a woman cannot i do. haven't seen one good reason by everyone who says that women should not be allowed in combat including our uh, raksha mantri hmm. i haven't seen one good reason why no and the the argument about pow's or prisoners of war does not hold is because i think when they sign up they know what they are signing up, up for and they know what will happen if if they this is not like they are being adventurous and signing up abhim i was reading an article ke, uh, about some people the acceptance rate in the Indian Army is very less. I mean, it's not like you have to clear a multitude of tests, physical tests, to get, there, tests yes. to get there. And all of this resolve will be tested, you know, th yeah. through there. So, and, and let us not uh, say insult Indian <coughs> women saying, you know, their intelligence that they'll just sign up uh, without... No, uh, no and also it is a choice. I mean, if they want to do it, no one is forcing anyone. But if there are certain women who do want to go in combat, I think they should be allowed and given a chance. I really see no good reason for not allowing women to be in combat. The myth of physical endurance is not going to uh, be the metrics to measure if a person is in capable modern warfare of, anymore it doesn't no. when you are operating an aircraft carrier yeah. it is about strategy planning takeoff of an aircraft yeah. the withdrawal of yeah. that aircraft when you are operating an artillery gun it is about how quickly you can load that gun that too now it has become self-loaded self-loaded yeah. artillery yeah. guns so all of these have become highly automated you need person to concentrate on what that objective is if it is a special operations team what who who, who they are going warfare after. is becoming more and more about strategy more and more it's a science of warfare i see no reason why technology, women should be out of it technology, it's technology. And see, this is not again this decision is not there is no to man to man fight nobody there are no two people getting uh -huh. there and uh, uh, this is not fighting. some mahabharat set this going is, on this yeah, is not that, you know uh -huh. yeah but, that the time is long but, but this is the thing that 
this debate also is not going to be settled overnight say if the raksha yeah. mantri says tomorrow that women in the armed armed for combat should be allowed you know they are in the air force but the, that the armed forces will suddenly say ki ha chalo kal se shuru kar dete no there needs to be a lot of deliberations but what we are saying in a sense is this should be given a good thought yeah. you should hear voices from all side and you should hear what the government i have never heard i have never heard armed forces i have never heard forces saying anything about this like, no, i have no, heard no, I, 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 have, i have i have no what i have no. yeah. the, the only problem they are saying is that operationally you have to change several different facilities Absolutely. that have to be given to the women yeah. in cantonments in areas okay. where you have to base uh, maybe separate barracks Haan, separate barracks se- se- right. several different um, infrastructure uh, problems no, no, no. and also it, it it has to sensitize the men that are already uh, well entrenched right. to that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. this that, thing so that, that is where the armed forces the, might and, be and yeah, i was actually coming to that so sensi- sensitize the man or the or, or the Let brigades that are already there but that the is Let true for anything so if there is there are any women in iits today or if any women in engineering thing today men have to be sensitized there also let's say submarines okay in in a submarine uh, what happens is your deployment is for a 3 month uh, stretch and uh, you don't have sa- same type of medical facilities and you don't have the same type of you know you you have to think so many different things it has mm-hmm. only happened recently in the united states navy that women submariners are allowed and have different uh, facilities or and so when you're looking at different operational aspects if somebody is interested there there should be uh, facilities provided in Uh, attuned to the changing society mm-hmm. and that's how indian uh, military services also should make way if it, they want to be a fighter pilot there's nothing that prevents uh, somebody from fly, flying a sukhoi i have uh, heard a very humiliating argument that women will not be able to stand torture No. no that's is, what i said now the pwu's yeah. argument it, it, does not that's hold that's a very humiliating is, argument no absolutely not if 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 they sign up for it that what will happen after war as a consequence of it i i see no reason why you know uh, yeah, indian yeah. women cannot do that absolutely so anyways that you know that that's our take on this uh, thing as as usual you cannot expect mind makers to will take will take a conventional line we in our usual acerbic self have right. taken a very different point of view hopefully you agree with it if you don't agree with it please let us know and we'll try to uh, uh, convince you to our point of view and if we don't uh, you know we'll agree to disagree if you don't agree to our or we'll of... get convinced there or we'll get convinced absolutely there is there is a small window to get convinced right. absolutely uh, how how big is that window quite tiny but there is quite tiny mm-hmm. you see the, the the benefit of for our listeners i mean you can't see how tiny sunanda's gesture was <laughs> but but i'll i'll leave that to y'all's creative imagination so anyways moving on to um, part 3 of the debate uh, yoga uh, so the U- 21st june is uh, international yoga day as uh, the prime minister of india has expressed strong interest in how united nations has declared that about 170 countries are participating in that um, it's an international yoga day it's right. not an india, india yoga day. day so i mean you know people are um, celebrating it in their respective cities or celebrating it participating in it you know whatever term you want to use the politically correct term uh, in houston for all our uh, listeners who are in houston since we are based out of that the celebration or the part, uh, yoga day is going to be celebrated in george r brown conventional center convention center it's a huge yeah. convention center right uh, in uh, holly about thousands uh, of people are yeah, expected uh, expected to come and uh, the consul general of india will be there he is the one the indian consulate is doing the event uh, cgi of houston and it's a lot of participating organizations are there uh, people from different backgrounds are going to be there and it's going to be the an interesting event so i mean for uh, we know about the local event happening here do check 
the if you are interested in this or something do check out there is no compulsion and that's the debate that i want to come up with so you saw a lot of opposition to this yoga day that acha we are being you know it's being enforced upon minority run institutions and this is a hindu practice or something now unquestionably yoga has come from hindu civilization right but is it you know is it the way they are making it out to be or how, what do you think sunanda on it i think this is opposition for the sake of opposition there is really no truth to it mm. here is the thing when i was driving here and i was um, uh, coming to record this podcast on in my um, car i was playing begum parveen sultana and she was singing uh, in bhairavi bhavani dhayani mahishasur um, mardini mm. this is parveen sultana singing in rag bhairavi hindustani classical music so now is hindustani classical music muslim or hindu or mm. christian or what is it mm. this was formed thousands of years ago tradition it is a hindu tradition or this tradition that came from this soil of hindustan or bharat so it is everyone it belongs to everyone similarly yog shastra came thousands of years ago and it was part of uh, this soil so everyone who belongs to this soil yoga belongs to everyone so i do not think that unnecessarily giving um, it this color that it's hindu or it is um, thing it is of course it is but then so are lot of things so is hindustani classical music so is bharatnatyam so is kathak so is um, kuchipudi so is everything yeah. what are we going to do negate our civilization this is what comes from our civilization like greeks have their own um, story greeks have their own epics we have mahabharat we have ramayan no, no, no. i think, I think we have, the, so is mahabharat um, only no, belongs to hindus see, right now the concept that needs to get rid of is yoga is essentially comes from a hindu civilization or wo but the government of india is not trying to enforce hinduism by celebrating international yoga day no, or I not don't. imposing hinduism no first of all it's not mandatory huh? it has not no, been, it's I, not I, mandatory I, anywhere I, I do not recommend it should be mandatory nothing should be mandatory huh? state should not tell anybody that they should do it but a state has every right to promote something that is civilizationally indian and promote it as soft power do you know what was happening in last 30 to 40 years western civilizations were trying to appropriate yoga not even knowing where yoga initiated from where mm. yoga comes from mm. so it is very important that india stands up for this stands up for yoga because yoga came from the soil of india no, exactly and that's what i'm saying that india is not promoting a religion or something but india is promoting indic civilization yeah. and the hindu civilization see that's where yoga came from and uh, what are we going to i i don't understand what this is that if you are a muslim you cannot say you cannot do yoga i just don't understand this um, their objection is that the word om that is used uh, i know if in every uh, um, i have seen bade gulam ali khan saab to everyone huh. singing om you cannot sing um, hindustani classical music without singing om huh. om is primordial see, sound bade gulam, bade gulam ali khan saab was not standing for this is a, parliament uh-huh. Uh-huh. this is no but this is a lifestyle uh option uh, which has broad benefit to a lot of people others may not be attracted to it because of various reasons there are different types of yoga there are time different types of yogis uh, you you'll have to understand that if this is projected as a cultural um, heri- uh, as a as a heritage, a heritage yeah. that mm-hmm. has come uh, for a lo- after a long, long hibernation mm. that is how it should be it should be optional it should be much more Uh, as a lifestyle uh, option to create better health and wellness uh, huh. but for anybody to talk about 
this being the only way to uh, to being healthy uh, or as uh, you know every asana being uh, being scientifically again i don't i don't think where, no, 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 let, me, let me take a, let me take a um, uh, you know different uh, this thing here i think you didn't quite understand what the thing was about i don't think anybody is making it mandatory i don't think anybody is saying that this is the only way to be healthy i think yogic shastra or this yoga which is um, you know mind and soul together a healthy mind um, mm. uh, you know in a healthy body this thought originated in india mm. so this thought as yoga is being sold to the west so being sold to rest of the india Absolutely. and being said that this th- this is an indian thought and no. we should be proud of it and and then as in, see i'll tell you something you know uh, yoga was made compulsory in my school when i was in 6th and 7th grade or something initially i hated doing it but then i liked doing it um, i don't do yoga right now i don't do uh, yoga no, either no, no, but yeah. i see nothing I, I, uh, no, no, objectionable yeah, about yeah i'm it. coming to that yeah so th- there is nothing objectionable i i, I may my, you know uh, you, you you may do it you may not want to do it it shouldn't be enforced but what you said that the idea of yoga was being usurped by a lot of uh, other people and if, if this is india's way of saying that as as an indian i feel proud that india gave such an a thought to the world about getting your mind and soul together and now india is saying ki, okay this is what yoga meant to us this is what we mean this is what our civilization's contribution to the world was that 2000 years the, whenever yoga was you know initially started it is still uh, i mean it's progressing to more and more people by the see, day see western notion was always that you have to fix the body separately and you have to fix the mind separately mm-hmm. Ajay, so In the notion if is if you use the word mind more people will think we are promoting mind, mind makers. makers no <laughs> but you have to fix these are two different things it's an indian thought and eastern thought that both are linked you know your mental health your emotional health your spiritual health and your physical health is linked hmm. and that is what yoga is and that is a thought that india has given. and, and, since, and every right as india we have to promote and this. since patanjali made it a process oriented uh, system hmm. whether, whether it was a physical Uh, component of it or the mental component uh, of it or a meditative component of it yoga has Many been the biggest intellectual property that india has produced mm-hmm. and has refined it to suit different sections of the society mm-hmm. if somebody does not feel comfortable with it for whatever reason mm-hmm. they are uh, uh, you know absolutely in their own uh, uh, right to not do it or um, not not even speak uh, towards it i i am coming back to this whole thing is yoga is an exemplary way of how india has contributed and made itself the ambassador of the world in terms of peace in terms of uh, the the cultural um, you know uh, heritage that we have provided it should not be stressed upon too many things uh, uh, again it's it's too many things at uh, at one time yeah. for the world to digest yeah. if we were so peaceful and if we were so at peace with ourselves we would not have been in slavery so i i'm i'm kind of in a, in a very an uh, in a, in a very uncharted territory right now is mm. it's too early i would like us to become much more successful be at peace with ourselves before we ta- take these things at a much higher think, global uh, we level. should not have um, narendra modi should not have recommended uh, international yoga day at united nations it's a good day. beginning it's a good beginning it's yeah. a big beginning i would want india to be economically successful our uh, ancestors were successful to such an extent yeah. when ashoka emperor ashoka at the height of his power gave up uh, all the pleasures mm-hmm. and then em- embraced buddhism and then went went forward towards propagating that it india was at its height 
economically financially i would say militarily as well then you you talk about projecting these soft uh, uh, things in the society which is related which are related to lifestyle i think let's let's uh, take a step back uh, to to understanding that international yoga day is a good thing to happen let yoga pervade the society first but let people also know that it's an indian thought no, it, it is no, 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 absolutely an and what promote is an... also saying about sustenance right? yeah, you know yeah, whether yeah. next next year or something right. we, uh, mm. if if we are going to sustain it at the same level and you know that that the, the jury will be out of that and i, I hope they do it yeah. but personally what i i believe is this is a this is a this is a great beginning uh, what it should not be mandatory is, as it, i no, say no no it should again. not be mandatory but what sunanda was saying i did see that in the last 15 20 years especially uh, first of all you had this sub branches of yoga coming out in every street and corner of america yeah. uh, named after whoever person who invented his own i know i i have seen huh? john's yoga and ah, sue's yoga ah, and um, you know room you ko know, garam kar diya room yeah, ko thanda kar diya uske baad yoga kar diya you know this what they are doing is this is the classical yoga this is how it should be done these are various interpretations and this is the uh, yoga that india as a civilization wants to promote as its identity yeah. that's the message that should come out that's what i personally think and i think that's an absolutely um, great beginning we should be able to sustain it i don't know but every country has a um, projects in soft power and yeah. a hard power and this is what our um, uh, and the biggest focus should be about detachment that yeah. is the bigger cultural mm. heritage that all the four indic faiths have always talked about mm. which is what what i am focused on is yoga should make one person a step ahead and try to graduate from a bhogi to a yogi mm. if yoga as a physical exercise or a tra- mm. let's say transcendental medit- meditation does not help you achieve that mm. which is to try to make yourself better in in inner inner self mm. uh, then the whole uh, episode of just doing uh, namaskaras or this thing it has to be much more spiritually inclined you know obviously that will depend yeah. from person to person that is a very person. detachment is going to make my inner jain smile and uh-huh. a lot of jains were listening to this but <laughs> obviously a personal interpretation I but know, as a, as a country what we are trying huh. to promote is yoga as a thought huh. and that is the, i think india is completely you know justified in doing that Absolutely. and i do not think anybody should call it communal there is nothing hindu about it or there is everything hindu about it which is fine which hmm. is how it is it should be uh, it's up to interpretation yeah. you know but uh, you know we are against enforcement but not against promoting uh, what is ours yeah so I mean, you know as i said bharatnatyam is indian hindustani classical huh. music is but, hindu thousands of years ago everything was hindu was of the soil what do we do about it yeah <laughs> absolutely so anyways uh, you know that brings us to the end of this podcast please uh, follow us on twitter at, at mindmakers and like us on facebook uh, we tweet for please you can also find our personal accounts right there we tweeted at ask0704 at sunandavashht and at pburavalli uh, do keep listening we'll be coming up with more debates more podcasts and more uh, interesting articles soon uh, till then it's bye for now